0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> was was there to say, another word know. there? <laughs> I was really... <laughs> I'm out of practice. I was trying to yeah. think of something to say, but all I could think was, hello.
1: Yeah, don't, I, don't worry. I just I slipped in there with a with a timely welcome back. I
0: almost said, it's good to be back. <laughs> yeah. But then I didn't. Really? I, oh, no, why not? I should have thought about this before we started recording, but I, in the moment of speaking, was debating, do I draw attention to the fact that oh, okay. I've been gone, or do I just...
1: I had it in my planned banter. Wow. Yeah. I Amazing. It, I had it all penciled in. Amazing. Josiah is back. <laughs> So much has changed, or perhaps so little. <laughs> well, Depends is, on your, your kind of macro view of yeah, things, I guess. I
0: suppose. I mean, yeah. in the Lost Creek ecosphere, there's like a new building oh, yeah, attached to true. the campus. A you completed know? structure. Yeah. That's wild. So that was that was different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that sure lots it? of things have happened in the lives of people that I haven't yeah. spoken with since I got back. But I mean, for me, anyway,
1: on my part, leaves are gone. That's nice. Which yes. means now I'm in the face of sticks are falling. <laughs> into my backyard. That's nice. Christmas lights. We're in the Christmas lights phase. We are. I've got a tree. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to figure out my outdoor situation. I recently discovered I have 200 feet of gutter Mm. to string up. Mm -mm. And... It's, hmm. There's a lot of warnings, you know, on lights <laughs> that say, don't connect more than this many. And I'm like, well, that, I have to I fill would. <laughs> a lot of spaces here. How do I do all of that? Oh. So the jury's out, the jury's out. But, um, you know, new phase, new seasons. Yes. You know, kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, I still need to put up outdoor lights yeah. if I'm going to do that. I've actually never done it,
1: like in my life. I've, oh. I've never, I don't know what it's like to struggle. <laughs> in that particular way. But uh, I'm I'm aiming to find out.
0: Oh, yeah. See, we put all our Christmas decorations, or at least all of our interior decorations, yeah. up before we went out of town for the last leg of our sabbatical. Oh, I was, okay. I was out of state for the last, basically, month of yeah. my sabbatical. So the month of November, I was mostly gone. Mm-hmm. So we put up our Christmas decorations before we left, and all we did was the inside. And now that's that cozy. we're back... yeah. In many ways, that's what counts. Yeah, because... Now it's cold, and yeah. do I want to take time to? Yeah, that's that's. I've actually got other the things thing. I can be
1: doing. Even if you've got the lights ready, which I do not, you still have to <laughs> like like plan your day, like you which do. day can yeah. I spring on this and not hate myself? Yeah, we've had some ups and downs there. It's it's. Uh, hmm.
0: I mean, hmm. I came back from Florida where everything yeah. is still green and it was you know 70 degrees every day to this, and yeah. we dropped
1: about a, 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 on a good day we've dropped 20.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Which is which is today actually. Twenty two much yeah. for me
0: <laughs> yeah understandable uh, but i cannot grumble because it was a all-in-all all lovely sabbatical one. nice to be back in the saddle again but yeah you know here we are yeah and it's advent i came back just in time for my <sighs> favorite season. favorite season of the church calendar yeah so mm. here we are and speaking of we've done a few episodes in the past on advent but mm. i was actually recently listening to another podcast because I do that from time to time. <laughs> I do listen to other podcasts. Yeah, I'm sometimes very into that. Sometimes, but uh, that was listening to another podcast with Morgan, in which they were talking about the church calendar and Advent in particular. Mm. Because uh, also, in case you guys didn't know, I feel like I'm sure we've mentioned this at some point. But on the church calendar, Advent is the beginning of the new year. Oh, like yeah. that's the start of the church calendar year. Yeah. So that's just an interesting little tidbit. But they were talking about that, and this guy suggested that at Advent obviously this is a season that's built around anticipation right advent is the latin word for arrival or coming so we are focusing on the arrival of christ Mm -hmm. but what was interesting in his discussion was that he suggested we think about advent in terms of the three comings or arrivals of christ now that's different because i was thinking about it historically i've thought about it in terms of two yeah right clearly yeah you would you would right and so we have for example the first mm-hmm. coming, which would be at the incarnation, yes. right? So you have Jesus born of the Virgin Mary in the town of Bethlehem, and at Advent, part of what we do is we're actually, well, like what we're doing at the church this Advent season is looking at what the Old Testament had to say about the coming of mm-hmm. a Messiah mm-hmm. and seeing how that's not only explicitly prophesied, but also how it's, for lack of a better term, implicitly foreshadowed in the lives of characters in the biblical narrative, how it's foreshadowed in the story of Israel itself as a nation in certain big events, etc, right? Yeah. That seems pretty obvious. Like, oh yeah, it of does That's yeah. that's part of the whole Christmas thing, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's weird.
1: You may have heard of it.
0: Yes, you may have heard of the birth of our Lord and Savior <laughs> in Bethlehem in a manger. So, that would be the first, and that is of course good to dwell on and meditate on and part of the season. And then you think of the second coming, right? Which would be mm. at the end of days. Oh, like yeah. the part of the, again, the historic tradition of Advent is they actually have a week where they dedicate to the second I did not coming. know that. I did yeah. not know that mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. So it's all about the future coming where he will return uh. as, you know, not a baby, but as the glorified God-man, in the words of the creed, to judge the living and the dead and to usher in his kingdom, which will have no end, etc. Beautiful, lovely. (laughs) So uh, we also look forward to that. You know, we look back saying as surely as Christ fulfilled the promises of God and came once, he will fulfill the promises and come again for his people to save them and deliver them. So that seems pretty obvious, right? So then you're thinking, well, what is this
1: third? What's the third man?
0: Yeah, what's this third? Where's the coming? epilogue
1: that I never heard about?
0: Yeah, right? Which uh, reminds me of a joke. <laughs> okay. A little joke about uh, a Christian that got stranded on a desert island, okay. shipwrecked. And it was an island well supplied and provisioned. So mm. he was able to make quite a fine living for himself over many years. Yeah. He was on this island for years. But finally, at some point, a passing vessel discovers this island and discovers a stranded man. So they send out a boat to go get him. And they see this little paradise that he's made for himself. But they notice something peculiar, and that is that he has three huts. Ooh. Three huts for one man. That's interesting. <laughs> he's so industrious. Yeah. So one of these guys asks, you know, hey, Christian, what are, what are the three huts for? And he was like, oh, well, the first hut is where I've lived yeah. all these years, of course. Yeah. And the second hut has been my church, my house of worship, where I've prayed and meditated on scripture, etc. Hmm. And he just kind of stops and huh. guys are like, well, what? what's the third hut for? And he grimaces and says, oh, well, I don't like to talk about it, but that third hut is, it's where I used to go to church. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you I really that was a really long aside mm. to say that like the third thing is like, what the heck is that? Right. It was like right. that was like some uh. sermon introduction to some pastors like, what did that really have to do with anything? Nothing. But it was tangentially linked, you know. So what yeah. is this third coming of Advent that this guy was talking about? Well, he was talking about how right now at this time, Christ continues to come to us. He comes to us through the spirit by faith. Which is a very interesting. Actually, I I feel like interesting is not even the right word. That was a very moving and profound thought for me as he talked through that. And so I thought we would just meditate briefly on that side of things. Because, you know, if you're part of the Horizons Church family, you've heard our sermons on how the Old Testament foreshadowed Christ. And, you know, we talk not all the time, but regularly enough about the future coming of Christ, of course. But, To think explicitly in terms of the fact that, no, Christ does continue to come to us right now by faith through the Spirit, and we ought to really hone in on that at Advent, is not something I had ever heard before Hmm. in discussions about Advent. So, you think about the wonder of that. It really, I think, adds something to your Advent meditations and celebrations. So... We'll take just a few examples of this and we can free will discuss this. But one obvious place where I think this holds true is in our reading of the scriptures. I think it's easy to approach scripture as like we know those verses, right? Like Hebrews 4.12, which says the word of God is living Hmm. and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. Sure. Able to divide, you know, pierce between bone and marrow Soul and spirit, which yeah. that's a pretty fine distinction. Pretty, I don't even know what to make it's of that. Pretty but in depth. That is very in depth, but it's still you know a physical book mm. that you pick up and read, or a, a digital text you read on your <laughs> yeah, right, uh, right. you know phone or tablet, your or phone
1: reads to you, yes, or something <laughs>
0: you you know you hear someone else read to you, yeah, right? For sure. And because we read other books or hear other people talk. I think it's very easy to subconsciously treat scripture like other books, like other texts. There is a sense in which I think W.H. Auden was speaking the truth when he poetically said that when we read books, we break bread with the dead. Hmm. But that's a very poetical expression. There's not an actual ontological, like, you know what I mean? I really
1: like that, though. And it's kind of funny because I was thinking something kind of similar or that I think perhaps we we take on a similar perspective. When you just presented that verse, I think it's easy to think... In that moment, of of course I believe that. Of course I take that with, you know, all the seriousness that is warranted. But like two minutes later, I'm kind of thinking back on that, like a poetic expression. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, it kind of functions like that. It's a, but it's a book. (laughs) And I think you can very quickly lose a certain amount of wonder or appreciation for that. yeah. And it's it's like, clearly we do that with other books. And, and like the expression of, you know, Breaking Bread of the Dead is, it certainly is poetic. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And also I think it presents a very useful idea. Yeah. As much as I think we all pretty much love media in some form <laughs> or another. Right. <laughs> it makes me think like, what has taken me so long to apply that same attitude towards books or I don't know, like the scripture of my faith. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's the like, sacred oh, lore of... Oh yeah my religion. Yeah. yeah. But that said then, of course, scripture is unique in that Christ speaks to us and comes to us mm. in a real way when we read it through faith. It's almost like, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but that scripture almost takes that for granted. Like, So a, a great example of this is in a passage like Ephesians 2, where Paul says to the Ephesians, Christ came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. Now, what's interesting about that is that Jesus, in his earthly life, never left the geographical bounds of Palestine. Mm. He never went to Ephesus. Never. Mm. So how is it that Paul can say Christ went and preached to them? Oh, well, it's through the heralding of the gospel in the scriptures. Right. Like that is a, again, to use that wonderful little philosophical term, there's like a real ontological sense in which Christ is actually speaking to us when we read scripture with faith. Which is another point that gets brought out in a passage like Romans ten seventeen, where Paul says, "Now faith comes by hearing." Which is also, I could stop there and talk about that forever. It was like, <laughs> it, it, he actually doesn't say it comes by reading; it says it yeah. comes by hearing, yeah. which is an interesting distinction. Maybe we'll we'll do another podcast episode on that. But it comes by hearing, and hearing comes through the word. Of Christ. Hmm. And that's very intentional because you'll read some translations that'll make that the word about Christ.
1: Right. Which is an
0: interpretive decision because I always qualify this. I hate bringing Greek into discussions because it feels like this like (laughs) oh, 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 Trump card. People use it wrongly all the time. But in the Greek, it's a very ambiguous genitive that should just be translated of Christ. And the point there being, it's not just a word about him right yeah it is
1: his word that is a huge in my opinion a huge shift in in the kind of importance that sentence places on it like the place it holds in that kind of discussion in that formula if you will (laughs)
0: right yes and so i say all that to say is that when we're reading scripture part i think of our prayerful approach to it when we're reading is coming at it with the understanding and the expectation i'm going to hear christ speak to me Mm. he is going to come to me And that's a promise that he's made and that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really awesome. It makes me think we
1: are bad
0: at recognizing it when it happens. Oh, yeah. I had a professor a while back who he was talking about people's desire to go in the words of the one of the epistles of John, where he says there are some who desire to progress beyond the teaching that has been handed down Mm -hmm. or something like that. And he was talking about that in the context of there are a number of Christians who want these, I forget exactly how he phrased it, but it was something to the effect of we many times don't recognize Christ in his ordinary means of coming oh. to us because we are so obsessed with looking for extraordinary means. Oh my word. And when he said that, I was like, that strikes me as true. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: absolutely.
0: It's. I mean, we're we're just like the disciples on the Emmaus road where it's like, he's right there looking at you yeah. and like, what are you guys talking about? And we're like looking right at him and be like, oh, well, don't you know, like we're we're looking for the Messiah. And he's like, Oh, foolish of heart, and <laughs> like so to believe. All the prophets have spoken. Don't yeah. you know I'm talking to you right now, and we just don't recognize him. Mm. Which is, you know, that's on us. You know, <laughs> like, you know ask, sure, the, yeah. ask him to open our eyes so that we can mm. recognize him. Which actually that segues nicely into another way in which he uniquely, I guess would be the word I'd want to use, another way in which he uniquely comes to us, which is in our worship and in receiving the sacraments. Mm-hmm. So on the Emmaus road, they didn't recognize him. Luke says, until the breaking of the bread. And when Paul talks about communion in 1 Corinthians 10 and 11, he talks about it in terms of not only the basis of our unity, that's part of how we act out and live into our unity as a body of Christ, but also it's how we participate in him. So he says, this is really fascinating to me, Hopefully, it's fascinating to everyone else. I say that, and I'm like, why? You know, people, we ought to stop using that qualifier, okay? Like, but, because it doesn't matter whether it's fascinating to you or not, if it's the truth. But he says in 1 Corinthians 10 if you partake in idol feasts, Mm. meat sacrificed to idols as part of a Pagan temple worship service. Oh, okay. So not separately. Like meat offered to idols sold in the market is fine. Don't worry about that. But if you're like going, if you've if gone to a temple... If you are
1: participating in the ritual...
0: Yes, that is a problem. And what he says is, you are participating with demons. <laughs> in Like actually, and it's, I think the preposition are actually in. You're participating in the table of oh, demons. So like there's something happening there. Like yeah. there's there is some sort of a frightening spiritual union happening there. And then he takes the same principle and he says, now the bread we break... Is that not a participation in the body of Christ? Mm-hmm. And the cup that we drink isn't not a participation in his blood. So I say that to say there's another unique way in which Christ comes to us when we receive the sacraments by faith. Mm-hmm. That he really does offer himself to us, truly. And however you understand that, because you know, we can we could talk about that, but there are a lot of people who get, you know, they get hung up on the way that you talk about that. But I think what we can agree is that Christ has promised to be with us to the end of the age. So certainly when he says this is a participation of my body and my blood, that means something. Yeah, it's not. That he's in- <laughs> offering to himself,
1: to us in a unique way. Right, it is not just a poetic turn of phrase. Yeah,
0: right, there, exactly. There's some sort
1: of spiritual um, ramification there.
0: Yes, so we receive Christ in those two ways. And then another way that I am quick to forget, but that always pierces me to the heart when I think about it, is Christ comes to us when we receive Our neighbor, Hmm. particularly those who are in need and suffering, sorrowful, whatever the case may be, because you have that wonderful passage in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus says to those in the kingdom, well done, welcome. You fed me when I was hungry, you clothed me when I was destitute, you visited me when I was in prison, and so on. And the people are shocked, like, Lord, when would he ever do that to you? Like, you've you've been at the right hand of the Father this whole time, when did that ever happen? When did we ever receive you? And he (laughs) says, surely I tell you, as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. Which means, like, there's another sense in which you receive Christ in those moments.
1: Something I find very interesting about that, a couple of thoughts actually, is that I think it's very easy in that moment to somehow think that we are presenting Christ to that person. Like, I
0: know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, no.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, oh, yeah. that's interesting. But you're receiving him. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, look um, at me. I'm so, yeah. you know, which is a weird thing. And that, I think that'll close us up nicely here because that's my third little meditative point. But how often we think of ourselves as like that. Mm. like, And there is a truth in that. Like sure. we are, you know, when they receive us, they are receiving yeah. Christ. But it's not like we are the sole agents here. Yeah. And I even think about this when we're talking about worship. Like how often, and this gets misconstrued, I think. But we talk about how like, well, worship isn't about what we get out of it. It's about what we give. Which is, there's some truth insofar as that goes. In that like a worship service is supposed to be an act of service. Mm. Paul talks about it as our reasonable worship. The author of Hebrews says it's a sacrifice of praise. So these things that we give to sure, him, yeah. but in a service, historically, the church has talked about that as not only a place where we serve the Lord, but that he serves us, that he meets us, that he comes to us. Which should not come as a surprise. Yeah, no, it shouldn't. And that there is a sense in which if you're talking about it in a consumeristic, <laughs> like, oh, well, I want all of my little dots and preferences to be met. <laughs> yeah, it's not about what you get in that sense, right. but you should come to God. Receive the Lord, you know, like hmm. to receive his grace and his assurance of forgiveness and everything that he has promised to give you in the gospel, which is, of course, namely himself. What was it? Uh, Calvin said that when you come to God, you receive Christ clothed in his gospel. And so I think it's extremely pertinent, I think, helpful at Advent, but also throughout our Christian life. Yeah, for sure. To think about it in those terms.
1: Something I noticed about each of the things we brought up, literally every, I kind of just had this rolling in the back of my mind just in case we proved wrong. We didn't. This is interesting. (laughs) Um, Every single one of these things is in many ways expressly tied to experiencing them in community, yeah. which mm-hmm. which is something, as an introvert, it's not always my favorite thing. Like, right, there are yeah. ways in which that is <laughs> remarkably challenging to me mm-hmm. and there are also ways that I think it's actually very heartening. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, at the very beginning we talked about hearing the word. Yeah. They would have done that in community and yeah. we still do it today in community. We do. Worship, communion, receiving yeah. the other. Like, it's all of these things. Yeah. And and I'm not like entirely sure what to draw from that in this moment, but I think that in the way that like, Christ is presented to us i can only imagine that it is like remarkably significant that that is not kind of this cloistered private thing but rather something that is shared and experienced yeah. together
0: yes very profound i can't remember who said this or where i got this from but it's like that christ does save individuals but it's not individualistic exactly. oh yeah you know i really
1: like that yeah
0: like it's like oh yes you do like it's i have been crucified with christ yeah. but also that that means that the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, and that I'm part of his body. Mm-hmm. To use the old church term, his mystical body, which means that we're united with one another. Right. And you can't escape that, you know? Like, that's just <laughs> part of the the fact. Yeah. And I think my arguably favorite poet, Gerard Manley Hopkins, mm. put it, perhaps not best of all, because can you get better than scripture? No. But... <laughs>
1: From the minds yes. and hands of man himself.
0: Yes. <laughs> but as far as it goes, Hopkins' beautiful little poem called "As Kingfisher's Catch Fire. And in the last stanza, he talks about how as Christians we ought to, and he's applying it to an individual Christian. So he says, he acts in God's eye what in God's eye he is, Christ. For Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes not his to the Father through the features of men's faces. And that is good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's That about gets it, I think. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, so Christ comes to us at Advent even now. It's not just something he did back then or something he's going to do in the future. It's something that happens now. So, may we have the eyes to see it. I am praying that for all of us this Advent. And perhaps you can pray that for me. <laughs> oh, well, hey, thank you as always for listening. I'm glad to be back. I'm sure you guys have, you know, if you've been listening, you've, you've heard us. But... True. You know, it's, I've I've not been sitting in this chair doing this. So anyway, thanks for listening. If you have any questions on this or other topics, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Interact with us on social media or uh, send up smoke signals, you know, whatever suits your fancy. <laughs> or uh, come to us face to face, you know, if you know where we are. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.